morning, please, to Psalms 37. Psalms 37. We're going to look at just one verse this morning. And maybe you're thinking, well, that's, uh, that's not a lot to consider, just one verse. We surely ought to have a deeper study than that. And it might seem that way to you, but for me, it makes me wonder how in the world am I going to have enough time just to deal with, with this one verse. Believe me, if I was physically able, I could preach for four or five hours on this one verse. It'd be ever so easy because I, I cannot possibly exhaust everything that is said and implied in this verse. But we're going to camp out here this morning in verse number four. Verse four. David says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Now, if you know anything about me and, and this church, you know that, that we're more concerned about being right than we are about being popular. Winning God's approval is much better than gaining man's applause. The sad thing is, a lot of folks don't understand because they think that because we are so concerned about being correct, about being right in what we believe, they come to the conclusion that we're not all that concerned about their happiness. And uh, as a result of that, you know, sometimes they just tune us out because... It's like the old saying, people don't know, care how much you know until they know how much you care. And if they think that it's just all a matter of theology with you and there's no loving concern for, uh, for them, well, naturally they're going to, to tune you out. Now, the fact of the matter is just the opposite is true. We want to follow what the Bible teaches and we want to insist on it, in fact, and do our best to live according to what the Bible teaches because we know that true happiness can be had only through holiness. That is, only as we conform our ways to the Word of God can we experience the blessings of God and receive the happiness that we've been longing for. Believe it or not, God is more concerned about your happiness than you are. You might find that hard to believe, but it's a fact because God wants you to be happy, but God wants you to find your happiness in Him. The sad thing is so many people believe that if they give God what He demands from them, that they will deprive themselves of what they desire. And again, the Bible teaches just the opposite. And here in our text, we see that the way to get the desires of our heart is to delight ourselves in the Lord. Some time ago, I preached a message from this verse, and I made the statement that you can't do this regularly without having a happy new year. You can't do this regularly, that is, delight yourself in the Lord, as we see here, without having a happy new year. And so with that reminder this morning, let me remind you that people are looking for the ultimate happiness. And it's amazing what people will do. I think about these people that climb mountains, these free climbers, no ropes, no, no nothing, just with their hands and climb up the 
the side of a vertical mountain and it just amazes me what people will do for thrills. I, I, I don't understand that. Uh, other people will travel the world over. They will, they'll spend every penny they've got. They'll neglect their duties. They will absolutely ruin their family in this mad pursuit trying to get something that will bring them the pleasure in life that they're seeking, but they always end up not finding it. And some have resigned themselves to a life of misery. They, they have concluded that it's just impossible to find what I'm looking for in this world. It's just impossible to be really, truly happy in this world. Because believe me, regardless of how far you go, how much money you spend, or what you do, there's always going to be that longing for the next step, something more, something beyond that. It never satisfies. It's easy for us to see that something is terribly wrong in the world because there are millions of people that have never gone hungry a day in their life. They live in a comfortable home. They wear designer clothes. They drive new cars, have top-notch health care, money in the bank. They're surrounded by loved ones, and they pursue everything that sounds like fun. And yet they're still not satisfied. And it wouldn't make any difference how much they had or what they did. They still wouldn't be satisfied. And for them, life after a while becomes a drudgery rather than a delight. On the other hand, we find that there are those that suffer under great hardship. In other words, they're in poor health. They're flat broke. It might be that they're deprived of good health and funds and all of those things that are supposed to make us happy, and yet they're cheerful and content. And we have to ask ourselves, what in the world is the difference? Here are these people over here that have everything and do everything that their heart desires, and they're miserable. And on the other hand, you've got someone living in just a little hut out in the jungle or somewhere else or maybe crowded up in, a, in an apartment over in Europe somewhere that, uh, that's deprived as a result of socialism and things like that, and, and yet they're just as happy as they can be. Well, I'm going to give you the answer this morning. I'm going to show you that although we can't eliminate trials, we can't escape trials, regardless of what the trials and the difficulties are, the Bible teaches that we not only can endure them, but we can enjoy our life while we're enduring those trials. Now, no doubt somebody is thinking, Preacher, if you knew my circumstances, you wouldn't be saying that. If you knew what I was going through, you wouldn't be saying that. And it might seem, considering your circumstances, that this seems absolutely impossible. But here in our text, we see a precept and we see a promise. A promise that provides exactly the thing that we're pursuing. But notice what it doesn't say, because this is where we get off track. Notice he does not say, delight thyself. He said, well, I thought that's what it said. No, that's not what it says. Read it again. Notice exactly what he says. Delight thyself also in the Lord. If he had just said, delight thyself, 
you know, that, that would have been secular, it would have been selfish, it would have been sinful. In fact, it would have been exactly what we see today because that's what everybody's doing, delighting themselves, and it just ends there. Nothing beyond that. What is your purpose in life? What do you want to accomplish? What do you want to do? I just want to delight myself. I just want to be happy. Paul said of the last days that men shall be lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. So you'll never find what you're looking for by just trying to make yourself happy. Some of the most miserable people on earth are people that are trying the hardest to be happy. You can't find happiness by looking for it. It's impossible. It doesn't work that way. And those that think they have found it are just intoxicated, as it were, by the pleasures of the world for the moment. They think they're satisfied. It's kind of like people, you know, that are alcoholics or drug addicts, and they say, well, that helps me cope with all of my problems, you know. No, it really doesn't. It just puts you in a state of mind that you're not thinking about those problems, that when you wake up in the morning, they're all there, and you are more miserable than you were before you started. That's the way the pleasures of this world are. They never, ever cannot leave you satisfied. But thank God there's a remedy for that problem. Now notice, first of all, here the responsibility. He says, delight thyself. Now this is a command, it's not a suggestion. He's not saying it really be a good idea if you'd just delight yourself in the Lord because after all, I want you to be happy and so this is what you ought to do. God's not making a suggestion. He's giving the command and we never have a right to disregard or disobey what God demands. You know, I look out here on the congregation and I think of so many people here that are obedient when it comes to church attendance. You just know, unless they're sick, they're going to be here when the doors are open. They are obedient to God when it comes to the matter of not forsaking the assembling of themselves together. They're obedient in Bible study. I mean, every day they spend some time camped out in the Word of God. They are obedient in prayer. They'll take that prayer list and look at it, and each and every day they pray for people. And yet sometimes we can be faithful in all of those areas and turn around and ignore this command. Oh, I mean, what gives us the right to pick and choose what commands that we're going to obey? And whenever the Bible says, you know, delight yourself in the Lord, that's what it means. And if we're not doing that, we're disobeying God and that's dangerous. Mark it down. When we fail to do our duty in this regards, we will fail in other areas also. When we delight ourselves in the Lord, that's the thing that will get us going. It's the thing that will keep us going. Even during the toughest times and your most difficult days, this is a prevention and it's also a cure. Amen. You know, we sing, we sing songs and choruses about being like Jesus, and that ought to be the desire of our heart, to be like Jesus. But if we're going to be like Jesus, we have to desire what He desires. And what did He say? He came to do the Father's will. 
So if doing the Father's will is our highest prize, if that's what we're living for, that's what we're longing for, if that's true, then we have to delight ourselves in Him because of the fact He is glorified in His people, delighting themselves in Him. So many times we Christians leave the impression with our neighbor that God is sick, missing in action, or dead, or something, because we act like, you know, that God doesn't exist. We just live in a state of despair. And they see us facing the difficulties of life, and we don't face it any better than they do. And yet we claim to be a child of the King. We claim that our God can do everything and we act like He's not going to do anything. How sad it is. And it's because of the fact that we fail in this command to delight ourselves in the Lord. That's the responsibility, but we need to consider the reality of it because regardless of how impossible that might seem, it's possible for every Christian. Now, Notice, I didn't say it's possible for every person. I said it's possible for every Christian. Until you have a relationship with God, you can enjoy the benefits of being a child of God. So that's where it has to start. But for every Christian, this is possible. I mentioned a while ago that uh, that long list of people that are cancer patients. And there are folks with other problems that are equally difficult to deal with. Some, some perhaps even more so. And we look at those problems, and especially when we're going through something like that, and we wonder, how in the world am I supposed to keep my head above water? How am I supposed to have a smile on my face and a spring in my step and joy in my heart? How am I supposed to be one of those happy Christians? How am I supposed to enjoy worshiping the Lord when God's letting all of this bad stuff happen to me? Well, we can do it if we delight ourselves in the Lord. Because regardless of what our situation is, God doesn't change. That's why Paul, you know, there in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4, says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Now remember, this is the same man that in the same chapter said, I've learned to be content in whatever state I'm in. This is the same man, the same man, who said not only that, but also said, Be careful for nothing. That is, don't worry about anything. Now, how are you doing with that? Paul says, don't worry about anything. He says, you know, be like me. He said, I've learned to be content. How could he do that? Well, verse 13 explains, because I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Amen. And if Paul could, you can. Amen. If you're a child of God. Paul was just a man, but he was a spirit-filled man. He was a man that was relying upon what God could do instead of what he could do. And he went through all of those trials, and yet he did so. He did so with joy in his heart. Well, how do you do that? Just examine the life of Paul and think about no one ever that I know of ever magnified the Lord any more than the Apostle Paul. Everywhere he started, he always started and he always ended up focusing on the Lord. 
read his writings and you see that Paul is the one that used one superlative after another, after another, after another. He said, you know, he talked about him being able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think. It's like Paul saying, I can't even find words to describe how great my God is. And he could endure all of those things because he was delighting himself in the Lord. And there's several reasons why we can do that. In other words, it's not something that we just, you know, the preacher said, well, do this, and so I'm going to give it a try. No, there are reasons why we can do this. The biggest reason, I guess, would be because of what he has done. Because of what he has done. We can delight ourselves in the Lord. What has he done? God so loved the world, he what? He gave his only begotten son. You think about the price that God paid. Think about what He did when God came down to this earth in the form of man and suffered the abuse of this world and was nailed to a cross and died for sinful man. Think about what He has done. How can you not delight in that? I mean, there's something seriously wrong in your life if that doesn't delight your heart to think about what He has done and then to think about what He's doing. I'm glad that God didn't, whenever He saved me, say, look, I've saved you, your sins are forgiven. When you die, I'm going to take you to heaven, but I'm going to leave you right there on that bar stool, and you'll just have to find the strength to get out of the bar rooms yourself. I'm glad God not only saved me, God delivered me. And I think about what God is doing, because throughout our life on this earth, God is at work in our life. He's doing something. Oh, we don't always understand it, do we? We can't wrap our mind around what, what's God trying to do because we can't, we can't possibly comprehend why, you know, God says, you know, all things work together for good to those who love the Lord who are the called according to His purpose. And boy, we look at that and think, how in the world can something good come out of something so bad that I'm going through? Well, I don't know, but I just know that it will. That's all I need to know. That's all you need to know. But we think not only about what God has done, what God is doing, think about what God is going to do. Well, I love that song by Squire Parsons. And I think about back, Squire used to sing for the Kingsman. And of course, uh, Dean, I don't know if Dean's here this morning, not Dean, it was, he's the original pianist for the Kingsman. And I think about that song, Beulah Land. I'm, I'm longing for you. Like another old song says, I'm homesick for heaven. I've got a longing to go. When I say that, it, look, that doesn't mean I'm dissatisfied with life. It doesn't mean I'm discontented. It doesn't mean I want to check out early. I want to stay here as long as God wants me here. I just want you to know that whenever the time comes, that's something I'm longing for because the Bible says to die is gain. It's not loss. It's gain. Thank God for that. We're joint heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ and we think about what He's going to do. And if we'll keep our focus on that, it'll help us endure these tough times. It'll help us, enable us to delight ourselves in the Lord. And that's why in Hebrews 12, 2, it says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of the faith. Looking unto Jesus. And he's writing that in the context of us living in times of difficulty. And verse 3 says, Consider Him. And he proceeds then to speak about the sufferings of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
none of us have ever, nor shall we ever suffer like Jesus did. And yet there in verse 3 of Hebrews 12, it speaks about the fact that He faced the cross with joy. That's our example. To delight ourselves in Him. Now notice the result of this. If, boy, if anything, if anything gets your attention, it ought to be this. Here's the result. And He, that is God, and He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Contrary to the way that you might feel, God wants to bless you. As I said at the very beginning, God's more concerned about your happiness than you are. He wants to bless you and He will, but notice He will if we delight ourselves in Him. In other words, God is delighted in you when you are delighted in Him. And so the question is, are you? Do you delight yourself in the Lord? You can tell a lot about a person by what they delight in. Not only does it reveal what they are, it reveals what they will become. In other words, what you, what you delight in not only reveals something about you, it reforms your attitude and your actions, your manner of life. So it's not just something that's possible, it's something that is profitable. Because notice he says, He'll give us the desires of our heart. Oh, there have been some that have misused that. Some of these prosperity preachers and some that are so popular on TV that have taken these verses and others and twisted them and distorted them and make them say something that they don't mean, that you can just get anything you want from God. Well, it says He'll give you the desires of your heart. Look, this doesn't mean that, that anyone can get anything they desire because when it's, if, if you miss everything else, tune in right now. When it is the desire of your heart to please God, the desires of your heart will not be contrary to His will. If that's the desire of your heart, I want to please God more than anything else then the desire of your heart's going to be to please Him. And notice, and He said, and I'll give you the desires of your heart. I'll enable you to do that. In other words, I'll take delight in you because you are delighting in Me. Now let me give you just a brief word of warning and instruction. Religious excitement is not the same as delighting yourself in the Lord. It's not the same. It's good to be excited. We ought to be excited. There's no doubt about that. But whenever it comes to religious excitement, you know, it's easy to, it's easy to say, you know, I just love gospel music so much. Nothing thrills my heart like gospel music. I just love, and I love it too. It's great. It's wonderful. You know, it's one thing to fall in love with, with singing. It's, it's another thing to be delighted in the Lord Himself. Absence, all of those other things, all of the trappings and all of the religious stuff that's around it, you know, just to focus on the Lord. So, maybe you're thinking, well, you know, how do I know if I'm really delighting myself 
in the Lord. Well, number one, those that delight themselves in the Lord will be delighted in His Word. And there's no doubt some folks sitting here this morning that you would say, oh yeah, I delight in the Lord, and you haven't read your Bible in a month or a week. You don't take any delight in getting in the Word of God and letting God speak to your heart. And, and yet you say you're delighting in the Lord. No, you're not. Because it's the Word of God that reveals God to us. And those that are delighting in God's going to delight in His Word. And if I had time, I could just take you through the Psalms and again and again and again and again where the psalmist speaks about their, his delight being the Word of God. Not only that, we'd delight in the Word of God and we'd delight in the will of God. Whenever Jesus spoke about, you know, He came to do what? To do the will of the Father. If we're delighting in the Lord, we'll be delighted to do the will of God. And there are some that would say, oh, I just love worship. Look, you can love worship without loving God. That's the problem. I get so excited when I go to church and especially whenever they sing those grand old hymns of the faith. That, that just really excites me. I, well, that might excite you, but it doesn't mean you're excited about the Lord. How excited are you? How much do you delight in the will of God? In those things that please the Lord. And those that delight in the Lord will take delight in the work of the Lord. Somebody, in fact, I'm writing an article about the very thing and I mentioned it the other day. Because it just breaks my heart when someone says, you know, I don't go to church anymore. I had a bad experience there. And so uh, I just I just don't go to church. Too many hypocrites there. How sad that is. I wonder if they stop buying gas at a certain gas station because there are some dishonest people there. Do they stop going to Walmart because there's so many dishonest people there? No. Look, we Christians aren't perfect, but let me tell you, the Lord's church is the means that He, not we, the means that He has chosen to carry out His commission in this world to do His work. And we ought to thank God for it and we ought to be involved in it. And, and for me to say, oh, I, I'm just, I'm just so delighted in God, but I just can't stand the church. That's nonsense. It's like saying, oh, I, I, really, I really like Brother Stone, but I don't like his wife, then you don't like me. Amen. And I'm not God because I don't care too much for you if you don't like her. <laughs> I'm not that perfect yet. Amen. The good news is, God is. And even whenever we fail Him, we ignore His will and we refuse to get involved in His work, you mark it down, God loves us nevertheless. God wants you to delight in Him. And that delights the heart of God. And that all begins with having a relationship with God. He goes back to that. There's so many folks, you know, they, 
Now, maybe they enjoy, they enjoy the church, but, but they, they don't have a relationship with the Lord. They've never trusted Christ as their Lord and Savior. And there's some folks that think, you know, well, I started going to church and I thought that would really help me be happy. No, it won't. It really won't. We can't, we can't make you happy. Nobody else can. All we can do is point you to Jesus and say, He's the one that can meet your need. It's in Him and Him alone that you can find satisfaction in life. You can't be happy, folks. Look, unless you're, unless you're pleasing God, and you can't please God unless you're delighting in God. And if you're delighting in God, it'll show up in your attitude toward His Word, His will, and His work. That'll make it obvious that there is a person that is delighting in the Lord and you mark it down whatever difficulty that you are forced to go through in life. The fact that you are finding your delight in God will enable you to get through it. That's why Paul said, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. So how do I get out of this addiction? Through Christ. How do I get rid of this bitterness? Through Christ. How, how, can I, how can I get a grip on my life? I'm just out of control. You, you do it through Christ. Through Christ. You can do all things. But with Him, nothing is impossible. Oh, I just hope today that, that you'll do whatever is necessary that when you leave here, that you'll find your greatest delight in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I hope you'll be able to look back a month from now or ten years from now and say, you know, that was the moment that God opened my eyes. The reason I can't cope with my difficulties, the reason I can't enjoy life, the reason that everything is a drudgery day by day is because I wasn't delighting myself in Christ. And I hope this will be the day that your eyes are open and the pursuit of your heart will become continually to find your delight in the Lord. He'll be delighted, and that ought to make us delighted. The great thing about it is, whenever we become a delighted Christian, we become a delightful Christian. In other words, God uses us then to make an impact on others. Others that are seeking what we found, and they see we found it in Christ, and it'll help bring them to Christ. Whatever it takes today, for some, it might be that you need a, a relationship with Christ, and you could be saved here this morning by trusting in the shed blood that Kaylee sang about a while ago. It might be this morning that you've been saved for years, but and, and you want to be happy. You, you, you want to find satisfaction in life. But somewhere along the line, you, you got sidetracked and you've been spending your wheels, wasting your effort on things that can never satisfy. God help you this morning to get back on track and get your eyes on Jesus and say, by the grace of God, I'm going to delight myself in the Lord because of what He did and what He's doing and because of what he's going to do, I'm not going to let the devil get me down. Amen.
Let's stand together. Father in heaven, how we thank you, Lord, for for making it possible that we have a reason to find delight in you this morning. We think about what you've done, and Lord, we, we can't even begin to imagine how you could love us so much as to give your only begotten Son. We think, Lord, about what you're doing, and we're so happy for what you've promised yet to do, to know that the best is yet to come. Help us to not give in to the despair that is all around us. Help us to not, not get a feeling of uselessness. Help us, Lord, to do our best to labor in Your vineyard, knowing that it's not in vain. May we serve You with delight in our heart each and every day, for we beg it in Jesus' name. While we sing together, those awaiting baptism, if you'll come, please. Jesus, I love Thee. I know Thou art service over to Brother Kenneth. Look, if you're here and God's speaking to your heart, it might be that, you know, every day is just it's a wrestling match and you're, you're just miserable. You're tired of trying. You, let, let me tell you, it, it's not through us trying to be happy. It's just, it's trusting and it's enjoying our relationship with Christ that enables us to stand up under the pressure of our difficulties. And what God did for Paul He'll do for each and every one of us here this morning. So if God's speaking to your heart, whether it has to do with salvation or baptism, church membership, maybe you maybe you just want to come and pray. You don't want to talk to anybody. You don't want to be bothered. You just want to have a season of prayer to thank God for His blessings. You come while we sing.